Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Now today I'm joined by Ari Van Benekum, co-author of the Agile Manifesto and business agility pioneer. And we're talking today about the origins of Agile and why companies need it. Ari, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Matt. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, no worries. Pleasure to have you on today. Um, Ari, could you just tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, my name is Ari van Bennekum, uh, born in the Netherlands, live in the Netherlands. Happy to say born in 64, becoming 59 this year. I started my career in the healthcare. Then I joined the military forces. Then I became a software developer. 1994, I decided that I don't want to be responsible or co-responsible for wasting money on projects, especially you know public money at that time. Uh, I started to experiment, do different things, became active in what we call today the Agile community. In 2001, I represented the DSDM uh, community, these days called the Agile Business Consortium. You know, the, the rest is history, I guess. Um, what is maybe very characteristic about myself is that I'm not a framework man. I don't believe in using one framework. It's very simple. When we wrote the manifesto, we were all working in a different way than the traditional way of working, but we were all working in a different way, differently. And we had various focus areas, like people who were focusing on more on the quality, other people more on the on the efficiency side, and other people more on the value side. And uh, I know, you know, when it comes to Agile, you have to be active in all those three areas. So you should, in my opinion, use the, the various uh, frameworks and their practices if you want to be Agile, even if it's just in a delivery or in an organization or a department. And that's what makes me different from a lot of other people. Got it. Got it. And obviously, you know, we, we are here to talk today about that kind of idea of Agile and the, the kind of why behind Agile as well. Um, in your opinion, Ari, what are the biggest drivers for companies to become more Agile in their operations? Well, I think in, in general, if I look back, you know, on the almost uh, 29 years that I do this, it was at the time, you know, how can I make sure that I get the right things at the client side. That was my drive, you know, the value. Do, do I deliver something that my client organization, internal or external, for profit or not? You know, do they get what they need to, to run their organization? In general, I think that's still the, the biggest driver, you know, if you look at from a very abstract view and you take two steps back. In the mid-90s, we said something like, oh, you know, the, the technology is changing so fast, you need to be able to adapt, you know, to stay in your market, whatever your market is. And I think that last point has become, let's say, the, the force behind more and more looking at the value drive. Do I get what I need? Because uh, in the past, you would have products and services that would last for a year or two or three or 10 or 20 but these days, you know, the changes are going so fast, especially in the area of technology, of course. You know, technology disrupts entire business models in weeks or months if something new comes to the market and you have to be able to respond. 
but actually yesterday evening I was I was looking at uh, the the Dutch news and it was about the whole setting up of rules and regulations about the geopolitical issue that we have when uh, Russia invaded uh, the Ukraine and everything that comes out of it like with energy and gas and the prices and how do we do this special uh, agreements and arrangements for people you know with little income or maybe no income or that kind of thing you can see that in general you know the the the, the pace of change has gone up and i think it will never go down and that's the biggest driver for you know agile whether you call it agile or not you know you, you need to be able to respond to change very simple yeah got it got it that makes sense and and you know just to kind of build on top of that how, how do you think a company's level of agility affects its ability to respond to those market changes and customer demands yeah everything eh uh, i mean uh, it's the 100 percent. it's in the center of the web you know that agility and and when i say agility it's that you know, having an understanding and being able to apply practice from various agile frameworks to help teams and departments or tribes or whatever you call them uh, to be able to get there without, you know, the delay. And um, uh, I see very often, even in organizations that try to work agile, still a lot of the old waterfall sequential cascaded steps and instantly you can see them slowing down because, you know, it's handing over from one to the other, to the other, to the other. And then we go back and forward again and people don't accept. You go back again. It's like a cha-cha-cha. And that is hindering organizations and can bring them into trouble, right? So the, 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 the agility of, of an organization today is defining how fast they can respond to whatever is happening out there. Yeah, that makes sense. And have you got any examples of companies that successfully have implemented those agile practices and the kind of impact that it had on that organization? So pre-COVID, I was working on a, a pretty big transformation with a team of like, I don't know, 10 coaches. Uh, we had uh, like 27 teams of the client in that transformation process and you know, a cycle of like three months and then there would be another cycle and there would be another cycle, you know, to entirely you know, get through the whole organization. And um, then COVID came in. So after that first cycle, uh, we had to stop. Everybody was home. Uh, but it was, I think, 11 months later that I saw a publication of them where they said, uh, you know, uh, pre-COVID, we had a delivery on time. That was approximately 14%. They were now up at 92%, right? So that's one. Uh, as an example, you know, in Europe, uh, you have organizations in the insurance world and in the, the finance sector in general that have improved a lot. Uh, worked just before the summer holidays last year in Italy with an online bank. You know, they make steps forward. Uh, so there are good examples. So I saw this quote from Winston Churchill. They say it's Winston Churchill. I'm not sure. People said, oh, I'm not sure. But let me, let me tell you the quote. It's like, it's like this. Perfection is not a state. Perfection is an ambition, and to reach your ambition, you need to change a lot. So perfect people change a lot. And if you replace perfect by agile, you know, agile is not a state. Agile is an ambition, and to reach your ambition, you need to change a lot. So agile people and organizations change a lot. And that also indicates that you're never done, right? So the question is, when are you done? When was it successful? There is always another dot on the horizon. It starts with the leadership team. That's obviously right. They need to be able to role model agile working, to facilitate the change, to make sure that the achieved change is sustained. Uh, and then it comes back to good people, of course, who know what to do, etc. 
but there are really nice examples of you know one of the clients that i had a couple of years ago even during transformation they had the most successful year ever and it was reinventing their business because their you know their their assets would be split they could only use the half so they had to get into a whole new world so it can be done but as well in this last case that leadership team was absolutely the you know the living example of an agile leadership team and and then then you get those successes you're never done you always move forward but um yeah there are quite a few examples also a lot of very bad examples yeah of course mm. yeah i bet when it comes to those you know bad examples yeah how can companies overcome first of all how can they how can they overcome resistance to change perhaps in, internally and you know successfully implement those agile processes yeah, that's a difficult one, eh? Um, mm, people yeah. will say, no, no, I'm not resisting change. I'm just I'm just explaining to you that it doesn't work in our company, right? Um, uh, and even, you know, I have management teams asking me for a transformation and then you go into the transformation process and the first one to tell me, oh, no, no, that, that's not possible. And there are two things happening. One, people like their comfort zone. We know this. People have their comfort zone. Uh, uh, they have a house, a mortgage, children at university or something like this, you know, bills to pay. And then we have the, the around this, the, the story that, you know, Agile is about laying off people. Uh, I heard it CEO saying even literally on the public news that you think, what the hell are you talking about? This is such nonsense. So people have this comfort zone in general. Uh, they also have that a situation where they think, hold on, you know, I'm doing well now. I'm able to, you know, in my private life with my family to do what I need to do. What about the new future? What what's what's going on? And that's that's first part, right? That's that's the 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 kind of resistance that we are aware of. But then you have also the the resistance that we are not aware of. And that's the fact that we we do a paradigm change. And what a paradigm change means is that not only you do the, 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 the outside uh, what people do, but you have to do the layers below uh, in the organization and they will be really changed. Now, the point is you're going to change to a new situation, so you have never been there. And what people tend to expect is that everything is perfect right away. And of course, if you do something for the first time, you make mistakes. And what you do is you grab in the back of your brain for a solution. But the only solutions that you have are old solutions. I call that innovating backward. And that's a form of resistance, you know, if you can call it resistance, that is uh, very, very damaging and very nasty because people think they do the good thing, but, you know, they can't see that, hey, I'm in a learning process. I need to do this in a way that I didn't do before, even if I have problems innovating forward instead of innovating backward. Now, to get over these, over this kind of resistance, if you have the first level of resistance, this is where most people are, right? Uh, and the, the, that, that is, you know, you take step by step and you have to point out the successes. And I always ask people to come along with me because, no, 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 it doesn't work. I don't even literally saying I don't want it, refusing it, right? Okay, can I invite you to join me for like what? Three, four sprints and see what happens then, right? And then you get along a lot, a lot of people. The other one is that you, in your, in your change process, you need to understand, I am doing a paradigm change here. And a paradigm change is one of the most difficult changes people can go through because you, you change their beliefs. And that requires an approach. You need to understand that, you know, yeah, we, do, we are doing hybrid. And I think, what is hybrid? 
means that you you do maybe sprints and have a plan board, but you're still late because you're doing a what the f- what's what you're doing. So you have to understand, okay, if we work agile, you know, we have to make sure that we create a setting. I always say it's the environment where we can do this, not half, where we can do this with all the problems that come along and the learning process that we have. And once that we understand, you know, the new environment, let's say the rules of the game, then you can say, okay, now how can we, how can we do this as a team? And as a team, you start getting in your agilist about interaction, a lot of, you know, face-to-face communication as we wrote in the manifesto making sure that you focus on this so people can get into techniques. It's like, like you're changing from, from playing rugby to playing soccer, right? First of all, you can't play, play hybrid, right? First of all, okay, now we're playing soccer, right? Different field, different goals, different ball. 11 people in the field. It might look the same, but it's not, right? So we have to, and we have to respect the rules of the game. That's why you bring coaches in. And then once people understand the rules of the game, and that f- form of working feels very mechanical, very uncomfortable. Then you can start focusing on, okay, what in this little team? What can we do there? How can we make that improve? How can we cover the connection? So you start working on the mechanisms. I just I talked in the beginning about the agile practices. What agile practices can we use here to move us forward? What is hindering us? You know, you do your retrospective so you know what's hindering you. And then uh, in the in the third step, and remember that I said that cycle takes about three months per team, right? But in the third step, we, we, we did now the environment, we worked on the team, and we know that everybody has his or her own pace of learning and adopting. And that's where you need to spend time on the individual team members in their process of change, because some might be very unhappy about this, some might be very happy about it and going really fast, maybe even annoying others or you know you need to make sure that you have that individual balance and then at least you can have a, a cycle of a couple of months working in this way with good coaches and that you say okay now I established at least we are we know how to play soccer and, and let's move forward we're not brilliant yet we're not super but if we keep on improving ourselves all the time and that's what the retrospectives are for of course then we get there and that's when you connect also to the expression that I mentioned you know when I said agile is, is not a state, agile is an ambition. It means that you, you need to keep moving forward. I use that model this, uh, on integratedagile.com. I explained that, that way of working. Uh, in it. It's a transformation process. It's not an agile framework. It's, it works agile, but it's a transformation framework. And that's focusing on the paradigm change. And, and one of the things that I do, especially because of how I explain to work, is that I like to have on my, on my transformation team, at least a couple of psychologists. You need technical people, of course, and you need, you know, whatever people that have done in the past, but you need also people who understand the dynamics of change in the human brain and how the brain handles it. Hey? And that's that's very important for me. Yeah, I think I think especially your your kind of sport metaphor there makes a lot of sense because I think what some companies need to understand is that it's not like a one-size-fits-all uh, kind of solution here you do need to take the time and you know understand the specifics of a business or the specifics of a team to implement it successfully um so yeah i i definitely sort of uh, resonate a lot with that um ari thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us on the podcast today i really do appreciate your time my pleasure matt I'm looking forward to next time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next time. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's episode. But for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to arivanbenacom.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.